What is going on, my guys, gals, and non-binary pals? Welcome back to Nerd Exposure, the weekly podcast based on a monthly theme. I nerd out about whatever I want. As always, I'm your host, Chairman. This episode's going to sound a little different because, for some reason, when I first... I already recorded this episode once, and I was listening back to it to edit it and all that jazz, there's random popping from my microphone. So, I just... My friend suggested uh, noise reduction and click removal, which I already do anyway, but it just it didn't fix the problem. For some reason, it just did not fix the problem, so I'm going to have to do it here until I maybe can get a new microphone. Who knows? But anyway, the topic for November is Zelda, the Legend of Zelda series. I absolutely love the legend of zelda series it's like my top favorite video game franchise of all time uh, and why i'm making november zelda month is because i mean i was inspired by one of my favorite youtubers peanut butter gamer because he a while back when uh skyward sword came out i believe he was so excited about skyward sword that he decided to make all the videos he put on his youtube for the month of november all zelda themed and he still kind of does that to this day he doesn't upload as much as he used to but he more focuses on, like, doing Twitch stuff. Like, he uploads on his, uh, Peebs channel more than he does Peanut Butter Gamer. So, I definitely recommend going following him. You know, subscribe to Peanut Butter Gamer, because he will put out videos every so often on there. But also subscribe to Peebs, too, because that's where he puts more of his, like, his Twitch content and everything. But, either way, relating back to this podcast, yeah, I'm making November Zelda Month. So, there's a lot of different things we're going to be talking about. Starting with today, I kind of just want to do, like, an introduction, like what Zelda is, when the games came out, and, you know, how I feel about the series. So, before we get into that, new episodes of this podcast come out every Saturday, so, you know, click the likes, click the follow, click whatever button. Don't click any suspicious links, though, because that cannot end well for anybody else. And if there's any notification bells, just ring those, ring them all day, because every time a bell rings, a KFC gets its wings. But with that being said, let's talk about The Legend of Zelda. Legend of Zelda is a video game series that takes place in the fictional medieval-inspired kingdom of Hyrule, often led by the titular Princess Zelda. Now, fun fact, actually, the idea of the princess being Zelda, the princess being named Zelda, was because I believe it was Shigeru Miyamoto. He was a fan of uh, uh, the jazz singer Zelda Fitzgerald. So he really liked the name Zelda, so he's like, oh, I'm going to name my princess Zelda. So that's where that comes from. And also, the idea, I think they actually explain it here, but this is what I remember from watching Did You Know Gaming videos. The idea of the game, The Legend of Zelda, comes from, no, it's, I don't, it was either Shigeru Miyamoto or Aiji Anuma, but one of them 
had like memories of exploring caves as a kid and like finding all kinds of stuff. And that was their inspiration for Legend of Zelda. They're like, oh, I did this as a kid. Let's turn that into a video game. And it became the best, one of the highest selling video game franchises of all time. Uh, anyway, continuing on with this. The protagonist of the series is Link, a child or young man who is destined, in most of the games, to save Hyrule from the clutches of the evil warlock Ganondorf or his alter ego, the Dark Beast Ganon. Some of the games feature additional protagonists, such as Navi the Fairy, Ezlo the Talking Cap, or Minna the Twilight, who serve as sidekicks throughout the course of the game, or different antagonists, such as Vadi the Windmage, the General of Darkness General Onyx, or the Usurper Kane Zant. Overall, the franchise is highly successful and has sold over 100 million copies. More detailed information on the sales of the series can be found here, but you can't click on the link because you're listening to this podcast, so fuck off. <laughs> but uh, going back up, yeah, they talked about like psychics and everything, and a lot of people, when you think Zelda and Psychic, you immediately think Navi from Ocarina of Time or Fee from Skyward Sword, which... Let me just talk about Fee for a second. Fee is not that bad. A lot of people hate Fee, like, hate how annoying she is. And I mean, I get it. But also, I'm, I liked Fee. I also really liked Skyward Sword. A lot of people did not like Skyward Sword. Cause it's just, a lot of people didn't like the stamina system. A lot of people didn't like Fee. A lot of people didn't like the direction it took. It's just, a lot of people were just bitching and complaining about Skyward Sword. But I didn't think it was that bad. The one we should really be complaining about is Triforce Heroes. Now, Legends of the Triforce Heroes, I, it might get to this, so I'm really jumping the gun here. But Triforce Heroes, from what I understand, I never played it, but from what I understand, the whole plot of it is that there was this, there was this evil, evil queen, I believe, and it, it, it wasn't Princess Zelda in this. But she she trapped the princess in in a in a in a bodysuit, and you had to save her and get her out of the body. You see how boring that is. It's just oh my god, so like why? And also the game was bullshit too because it had this bullshit thing of like oh totem time, stack all the links on top of each other. It's it's ridiculous, and people aren't complaining about that. But heaven forbid. Stillward Sword has a fucking stamina system! Whew! Okay. Calm down, Cameron. Calm down. You're yelling about video games on the internet again. Calm down. Whew! Anyway, moving on. Uh, the first... Actually, let me look at the timeline here. If... Standing through the Zelda wiki, wasting time, stalling for time, stalling for time, stalling for time... Okay, so we got the beginning. We got the first Legend of Zelda game that was released in Japan in 1986 and then in the United States and Europe in 1987. And, you know, it was a simple game. You were just, to quote Edo Raptor in his sequel lattice, you're just a little green dude. You walk, to, walk into a cave and old man says, here's a sword. Here, take this. And you're like, oh, cool, sword. Thank you. And then that's it. You're just set on your... Basically, you're told, hey, here's a sword. Go save Zelda. And you're like, okay. I mean, there's a lot more backstory to it. But basically, the first Zelda was like, hey, Zelda's in trouble. You gotta defeat Ganon. Go. <laughs> uh, Zelda 2 was actually a continuation from that. And it's it's one of those games that 
A lot of people actually don't like it. A lot of people don't like Zelda 2 because it was a big departure from, uh, a big departure from the, re- you know, the first game. Because what it did, it did like a side-scrolling type deal, and parts of the game were kind of bullshit to play, and the overall thing was kind of bullshit, because actually, one thing I learned with Zelda 2, now you did like an overworld thing to travel from different locations, and if you stayed on paths, you never ran into any enemies, but if you went outside the path, you would do like a, like a Final Fantasy type random encounter, you know? But Zelda 2, it's, I mean, I haven't played it that much. I haven't completed it, actually. But I can see why a lot of people don't like it. Uh, next, actually, let me go back up. When did Zelda 2 come out? Zelda came out, or Zelda 2 came out in July of 1990, or 1988, I should say. Uh, Link to the Past is the next one. It came out for the Super Nintendo in 1991, and then it was re-released on the Game Boy Advance on December 9th, 2002 in North America on a cartridge with Four Swords, which was the first multiplayer Zelda game, and then it was ported to the Wii's Virtual Console on January 22nd, 2007. Uh, keep going here. Link's Awakening came out for the Game Boy on June 6, 1993, and it was re-released for the Game Boy Color as Link's Awakening DX in 1998. And it actually had interaction with the Game Boy printer. There was a uh, there was a Photoshop in the game that you could go to, and if you had a Game Boy printer, which for those of you that don't know, the Game Boy printer was this thing that came with the Game Boy camera, because yes, there was a camera with the Game Boy. It was <laughs> pretty much the first way you could take selfies. So, you know, Game Boy camera, you take pictures with it, and then you could actually print out little things. Uh, actually, that's actually not a bad idea to do an episode on later. I might do an episode later on, like, video game consoles, but either way, we're talking about Zelda. So let's move on with the next game they got here, Ocarina of Time. Now, while it is a great game, and I really do love playing Ocarina of Time, I don't agree with it being the best Zelda game, or the best game ever. Because a lot of people will be like, oh, it was revolutionary, it's it's the best Zelda game ever, the story is fantastic, the graphics are great. Yeah, the graphics are great. At the time. (laughs) That's another quote from the Eagle Raptor thing. He's like, oh, it had amazing graphics at the time. It's just, yeah, it's it's a good, it's a great game. Like, don't get me wrong, I do think it's revolutionary. I just don't agree with it being the best Zelda game. It's there's plenty of Zelda games that have, you know, expanded on what Ocarina of Time set the standard for. Because Ocarina of Time was the first 3D. It was the first game in the series to transition the Zelda series into 3D, and it was it was definitely revolutionary. It was. You know, it did a lot with Z-targeting and everything, and it set the standard for Zelda games to come after that. But, Ocarina of Time... Ocarina of Time did a lot of good, but other Zelda games in the series have expanded on that and done better. And I think that's what Nintendo really wants. Nintendo just wanted to be like, okay, we did really good with Ocarina of Time, now we can try to do better with other games. But anyway, going back to talking about the facts about Ocarina of Time... Uh, Ocarina of Time was released in November 1998 in Japan, and it came out in the U.S., uh, or it came out in November 1998 in Japan and the U.S., and it came out in Europe in December of 1998. Fun fact about Ocarina of Time, they were going to make something for the uh, Nintendo 64 DD, 
which was a disc add-on for the Nintendo 64. But the Nintendo 64 disc drive was a commercial failure, so they scrapped anything to do with that, including the edition for Ocarina of Time. Uh, let me see. Ocarina of Time was re-released in 2002, when it was offered as a pre-order incentive for the Wind Waker in the U.S. and Europe. Europe continues to receive it free in every copy of the Wind Waker, except for the discounted Player's Choice version. Um, it included a previously unreleased 64DD expansion known as Ura Zelda in Japan, and Master Quest in North America. Uh, Master Quest, I believe, you just play the whole game again, but it's, like, way harder. It's significantly harder. Uh, Ocarina of Time was included as part of a uh, collector's edition for the GameCube in 2003, and it was remade in 2011 as Ocarina of Time 3D on the Nintendo 3DS, which added improved graphics, 3D effects, boss challenge mode, and included the Master Quest. Uh, let me go back, uh, because I actually, uh, they don't even, they don't even have it on here. What the fuck? Zelda Wiki? They don't have that Link's Awakening got a remake. This is probably written way before it, but, uh, going back up to Link's Awakening. Link's Awakening got a remake on the Switch from, I believe it's a couple years old at this point. Either came out in 2019 or 2020, I believe. But yeah, Link's Awakening got a remake, uh, HD remake on the Switch. And I, pl actually, I played a little bit of it. I didn't own it, but when I had, uh, when I had it, I believe I played it on somebody else's Switch and I was just, I had a grand old time with it. I love Link's Awakening. But, moving on past Ocarina of Time, we got the follow-up to Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, which was released in November of 2000, and it used the same engine as Ocarina of Time, a lot of the same models and everything. They basically, you know, released Majora's Mask very easily because they reused a lot from Ocarina of Time. But, Majora's Mask is personally in my top three Zelda games. Like, if I had to make a top three list, I would put Twilight Princess, uh, Breath of the Wild, and Majora's Mask. But Wind Waker is like a close competitor in that top three, because I love Wind Waker. Uh, let me scroll through some facts here, see if I can get more. Uh, Majora's Mask was remade again for the Nintendo 3S in 2015, with, you know, among, you know, it, it added, among other changes... Improved graphics and controls, 3D fishing or 3D effects, and a fishing mini game. So yeah, Majora's Majora's Mask I really love because it's one of the darker darker Zelda games up there with Twilight Princess. It's one of the darker Zelda games because it has this impending thing of doom. Because Majora's Mask, so at the end of Ocarina of Time, you know you've already saved the world, blah blah blah. You go back in time. Uh, Link goes off to try to find Navi because he's like, oh no, my friend, I miss you. Even though the rest of us are like, really? You're chasing after that annoying fairy? But anyway, at the end of Ocarina Time, he goes off to find Navi. And at the beginning of Majora's, Ma Majora's Mask, you find Link in the woods looking for Navi. And Stokid steals his horse and he's like, ha ha ha, you got three days to save the world. Fuck you, ha ha ha. So yeah, Majora's Mask is technically like a direct sequel to Ocarina of Time. Because at the end of Majora's Mask, Stilkid actually, like, when you free him from the curse of Majora's Mask, he says something like, you have the same smell as a kid from the forest who taught me the song. Which, yeah, because it's Link from Ocarina of Time. So at the end of Majora's Mask, Link goes back to try to find Navi, and there's actually some secret to that that I'll touch on in a little, a little later, but let's continue with this, shall we? 
uh, Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons. Both came out in the Game Boy Color. When did they come out? Please tell me. Tell me now. Uh, I'm just going to say the same year, 2000, because they don't give me a year. Why didn't they? Actually, let me click on it, because that might actually help me. So, both the Oracle games came out in 2001 for the Game Boy Color. Uh, I don't know much about the Oracle games. I never played them. But, apparently, there's supposed to be a connection between the two. I think there's supposed to be... Yeah, there's supposed to be a third game that got cancelled that was called Legend of Zelda Mystical Seed of Courage. Uh, with this one. See, after one game has been completed, the player is given a password that allows the other game to be played as a sequel. So, you beat one game, you get a password, and then you can pop in the second game, and it treats it as the sequel, even though they both should be sequels anyway. But, I digress. Uh, moving on from that, we got Four Swords Subseries. Uh, in December 2002, A Link to the Past and Four Swords was released for the Game Boy Advance, comprising a modified port of Link to the Past for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System, or SNES, and an original multiplayer-only game titled Four Swords, the first multiplayer Zelda game. The Link and Princess Zelda featured in this game are childhood friends. This is also the first game which Vadi and the Four Sword appeared. As part of the 25th anniversary of the Legend of Zelda series, Four Swords Anniversary Edition was briefly made available as a free download for both the Nintendo DSi and Nintendo 3DS. The game was a special edition of Four Swords, now featuring a single-player mode. Moving on from that, we got Wind Waker. Wind Waker was released on the GameCube in, on August 24th, 2000, and it was the day before Nintendo's Space World 2000 Exposition. There's one, uh, there's one fact about the GameCube that I learned recently. It's kind of a little messed up. So, obviously they had their, the release date for the GameCube all set, right? Actually. Oh, they revealed the GameCube. Okay. I got my facts all wrong. They revealed the GameCube on August 24th, 2000. And so the GameCube initially came out. Now, here's the funny thing. They already set this date, right? They set the date, like, way in advance when it was going to come out. They set it to come out September 14th, 2001. So, only three days after the 9-11 terrorist attacks. Which, you know, no fault on their own. It was just really, really weird timing. And they're like, oh, well, uh, America's in trouble right now. Uh, here's Luigi's Mansion. <laughs> but, uh, let's see, Zelda are later released. Okay, so Wind Waker came out in December of 2002, and they uh, they showed off the Wind Waker thing in 2001. They were, they showed off that it was going to be like cel shaded and everything, and the it officially released in December of 2002. A lot of people did not like this. A lot of people did not like Wind Waker because of the the childlike look of everything. They were just they really did not like it. But which is funny. Because Wind Waker went on to be, like, the best Zelda game of all time. Or one of the best Zelda games of all time, you know, just as far as people know. Uh, Wind Waker was re-released for the Wii U in 2013 as the Wind Waker HD, which had greatly improved graphics and faster sailing. Uh, it also had a hero mode, online integ integration with Miiverse. And one thing they don't mention here is that the HD version changed up the Triforce quest, because there's a quest 
in Wind Waker, where you have to find pieces of the Triforce. And I think in the original, there were a lot more pieces of the Triforce, but in the HD one, they dumbed that number down. Like, I think in the original, there was, like, 12 pieces, and in the HD remake, you only had to find six. So, they made that less of a ball ache. Uh, moving on with this, we got Four Swords Adventure. So, Four Swords Adventure came out on the GameCube. It was uh, released in the first half of 2004 in Japan and America, and in January 2005 in Europe. And it was based on the original Four Swords. However, Four Swords Adventure had the uh, the had Link in the style of Wind Waker Link. Uh, it came out for the Game Boy Advance, and it had... Uh, actually, the Japanese and Korean versions have a third segment of the game, which is known as Navi Trackers, Originally designed as a standalone game called Tetra's Trackers, based on the character Tetra from Wind Waker, and it was not included with any other incarnation of the title. Uh, Navi Trackers was a well, actually, it contained an important first for the Zelda series, as the game had spoken dialogue for most of the characters. So it was one of the first games to feature voice acting, and then <laughs> I think the very next game that actually featured voice acting was Zelda CDI. And we all know how bad that acting is. I actually, there's a joke listening to my old Zelda episodes that I love. It's uh with Breath of the Wild. You know, in the beginning of Breath of the Wild, Zelda's just like, Link, Link, wake up, open your eyes. This whole series moment. And Link would just be like, gee, I wonder what Ganon's up to. <laughs> just... Oh, I should totally make that edit if I can. I have the technology. I should make that edit. Look for it on my YouTube, SuperCam64, sometime in the near future. Uh, moving on for games, we got the Minish Tap. I actually really love Minish Tap. I haven't fully completed it, but yeah, Minish Tap. Uh, November 2004 in Japan and Europe, and January of 2005 in America. Uh, it was. It came out for the Game Boy Advance. Uh, the central concept of the Minish Tap is Link's ability to shrink in size with the aid of the mystical sentient hat named Ezlo. While tiny, Link can see previously explored parts of a dungeon from a new perspective, and enter new areas through otherwise impassable openings. Link is able to switch from big to small at special portals throughout the land, once again giving Link two worlds to play in. The game was also developed by Capcom under Nintendo's supervision, so I think this is the first game in the series that Capcom, Capcom, you want some tacos, tacos on a corn tortilla? <laughs> uh, Capcom was the actual, was the developer behind Minish Tap. Uh, Capcom obviously being known for like Mega Man, uh, Reza Evil. Uh, they actually had a hand in the Zelda game. Uh, Minish Tap is actually a great game. I, uh, um, actually, okay. <laughs> Sorry, I'm really scrambled right now. I've had a rough few days. But a thing I learned about Minish Cap, so towards the end, you're battling through, like, the final castle to reach Vadi, because Vadi's the big bad guy in Minish Cap. You go to defeat him, and there's a thing that said, like, oh, at the time of three bells, the kingdom will be mine, or whatever. So, you hear the first two bells only after you defeat, like, you beat a certain room, or you fight a certain mini-boss. But, the third bell, you don't hear... Because you don't hear right away because there's a time limit until it happens. But the game does not tell you there's a time limit at all. You're just told, go stop Vadi, you know, say Princess Zelda. 
but there's a secret time limit. I think it's very generous too. It's like three minutes or whatever. It's a very generous time limit. But again, you have no knowledge of this. And most people, like 95% of the people who played it would not come across this at all because you're going to get to the, you're going to get the body way before that. But if you actually wait the whole time, there's a cutscene that plays. You see Vadi with uh, Princess Zelda now encased in stone. He's basically killed her, essentially. And, and uh, Ezlo is just like, no, we're too late. The final bell, we're too late. You know, Hyrule was doomed. And it's game over. It's a secret game over you can get. Which basically shows Vadi killed Zelda. He now has the power. He's taken over Hyrule. You lost. Link, <laughs> Link is a little bitch boy now. <laughs> but... Uh, moving on from Minish Tap, we got the next generation, as it's called, starting with my personal favorite Zelda game of all time, Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. Twilight Princess, uh, it was the first Zelda game that got me into the series, the first one I completed, the first one I fell in love with. Uh, it came out on 2006 uh, on the Wii, no... In November 2006, Twilight Princess arrived as the first Zelda game on the Wii, although it was originally going to be a GameCube-only title. During the following month, December 2006, it was released on the Nintendo GameCube as well. Okay, so at first, it was going to come out on the GameCube first, but then it came out on the Wii before it did the GameCube. Now, the funny thing about the GameCube and the Wii version is that they're, uh, they're mirrored, because Link is canonically left-handed. And the GameCube version obviously did that, but with the Wii version, they couldn't make Link left-handed because they did motion controls with that. Like, you could swing the Wii remote to swing the sword. And because most of, you know, existence is right-handed, they made Link right-handed in that game. That's why they mirrored everything, so that Link could be right-handed, so you can swing the sword with your right hand if you're right-handed. Doesn't make a lot of sense. You know, no love for left-handers, but what... Ever. Now, a funny thing about Twilight Princess, I think I might actually touch on this in a later episode too, but I'll briefly say it here. Wind Waker actually kinda was, was, you know, is to blame for Twilight Princess. Because, like I said, with Wind Waker, everybody complained about the childlike look of everything. It, it was just a lot of people complained, and Nintendo was basically just like, okay, you want dark? You want darker? Here you go, you bunch of bitches. Here's Twilight Princess. Fuck you. <laughs> like Wind Waker, Twilight Princess is set hundreds of years after the events of Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask. The game chronicles the struggle of a more mature Link, the descendant of the Hero of Time, to rid Hyrule of the Twilight Realm, a mysterious force plaguing the land. When Link enters this realm, he transforms into a wolf, and the gameplay shifts radically Twilight Princess also focuses more heavily on horseback transportation and mounted battle scenarios, including boss battles, than previous installments. So yeah, this one is different because you became a wolf in this. Now, the whole thing with the wolf is that when you were originally in the Twilight Realm in the start of the game, you could only be a wolf, but when you were in, like, the normal world, you could only be Link until you got the Master Sword, which freed the shard that turned you into a wolf in the first place. But then Minna holds on to it, and she's like, oh, you know, it was nice of Zan to give us this. Now we can transform into a wolf anytime we want. <laughs> Which is actually kind of funny, because the first time Link transforms into a wolf, 
he's obviously in a lot of pain as he's being transformed into a wolf. So can you imagine him just being able to do that at will? <laughs> and Mena's just like, oh, you need to be a wolf for this. And Link's like, oh, no, God, please, no. <laughs> but I love, I love Twilight Princess. It's my top favorite Zelda game of all time. And Minna being my top favorite Zelda companion of all time. I could put her, Fee, and then uh, Islo. And then Princess Zelda from Phantom Hourglass, because I think Zelda's your companion in Phantom Hourglass. But yeah, Minna's a great companion because she's she's super helpful. She's important to the plot. She's you know she's got a lot of character. I actually gave a shit about her, and she kind of thick though. Like, <laughs> moving on is Phantom Hourglass. This came out on the Nintendo DS. Uh, it was revealed. Actually, let me read this here. Zelda DS was once rumored to be a new Four Swords game, but Nintendo later retracted those statements. Instead, at the 2006 Game Developers Conference, a trailer for Phantom Hourglass for the Nintendo DS was shown. So this game came out June 23rd of 2007. Came out on the DS, obviously. Following that up is Spirit Tracks, which came out... Actually, the trailer for it came out on March 25th, 2009. So when did this game come out? Uh, let's see, reveal 2000. I want to say 2009 because they're not giving me a specific date. So yeah, Spirit Tracks is different because it dealt with. Now these are Phantom Hourglass and Spirit Tracks are direct sequels to Wind Waker. <laughs> Sorry, I'm leaving that in. Uh, yeah, Phantom Hourglass and Spirit Tracks are sequels to Wind Waker because it's you know after the new established. Hyrule because the original Hyrule was drowned and you had to establish obviously a new Hyrule. Uh, following that up, Skyward Sword, which was the 16th installment. It came out November 18th, 2011 in Europe and November 20th, 2011 in North America. Skyward Sword was released on the 25th anniversary of Zelda and I've said it again, or I've said it before and I'll say it again. Skyward Sword is a great game. So anybody who's complaining about it just needs to get over it. <laughs> this next section is called Rethinking the Conventions of Zelda 2013 to Present. So this starts off with A Link Between Worlds, which came out... When did it come out? It was released on November 22nd, 2013 in North America and December 26th in Japan. Link Between Worlds is like a direct sequel to uh, Link to the Past. And I, I played that a lot. I used to have a 3DS. I played Link Between Worlds a lot. It was, it's just, it's a great game. It's a great game. It's a great game. This is, this is a tasty burger. <laughs> Next we got Triforce Heroes, which is the 18th game, obviously. Came out for the 3DS. Uh, when did this come out? It's not telling me. So, fuck you. I, th I believe I saw it came out in like 2015. Around that time, roughly. I don't know. Like I said, Trevor Zero's terrible. Don't even don't even bother yourself. And lastly, at least as of right now, we have Breath of the Wild. Which when did it come out? It was released for the Wii U and the Nintendo Switch on March third, twenty seventeen. Oh, they even have they even have remakes and remasters down here. I just have to scroll to the bottom. So you got Link's Awakening DX, which was the original remake of Link's Awakening that just added color. 
Uh, you got Four Swords, Wind Waker HD, Majora's Mask 3D, Twilight Princess HD, Star Wars Sword HD. Twilight Princess HD was actually really good because it obviously updated the graphics and went back to like the GameCube style of everything. Uh, I could do without the Miiverse things. I could do without that. But one important thing is that what they actually connected Twilight Princess HD to Breath of the Wild because there was a thing in Twilight Princess called the Cave of Shadows, which was basically uh, how far down this cave can you go. And the longer you went, the more hearts that Wolf Link would gain when you, tr when you put him in Breath of the Wild, because you could scan the Wolf Link amiibo in Breath of the Wild and actually have Wolf Link, Wolf Link as a companion. Whether that's canon or not, whether that's you know story-related or not, who knows. But that was a nice addition to that. But... And you got all the spin-off games. I've already been talking a long time, so you know what? I'm going to save the spin-off games for another episode. But to wrap things up and kind of get my final thoughts here, Legend of Zelda is a great video game franchise, and if you haven't played it, I definitely recommend it. It's not for everyone, but you know what? Give it a shot. If you like it, you like it. If you don't like it, you don't like it. But I'm going to bring this episode to a close. God, I've been talking for a while I gotta edit all this down now because I'm sure there's weird echoes now. But, like I said, Legend of Zelda, great game series. If you guys want to give me suggestions on what Zelda games to talk about, or Zelda things to talk about, theories, you know, whatever, or if you want to tell me what your favorite Zelda game is, let me know. Link is in the link tree in the description, all my social medias are there, you know, all that, all that good stuff. With that being said, I'm gonna bring this episode to a close. I hope you guys are doing positive things out there. I hope you guys are staying hydrated. I hope you guys, you know, don't have any microphone problems like I have. You know, leading you to re-record an entire half hour of content. But, with that being said, I hope you guys are doing great. I love you all. I've been Cameron. And as always, I will see you in the next one. Nerd out. Nerd out.